Welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family, love, and relationships. I'm your host for this podcast, Adina Oberman. We welcome today's guest, Jason Goldstein of Chop Happy. Today, we're discussing Hanukkah and holiday hosting. This podcast aligns with the fam- familiar habits, learn together, and eat together. Jason Goldstein is a chiropractor by day and food blogger by night. Through his culinary blog, Chop Happy, Jason shares his love of easy comfort food recipes, showcasing rich flavors, inventive ideas, and unique cooking tips and advice. He was a finalist on Next Food Network Star Season 14 and finished in the top 10 in Rachel Ray's cookbook contest. His recipes have been featured on The Chew and The Kitchen, and he has appeared on Good Morning America. Living in New York City and the Hamptons, Jason enjoys testing recipes on his husband, Tom, and grabbing French fries by the handful. You can learn more about the Familias 10 Habits of Happy Families by going to the Habit Hub blog on Familias.com. Jason, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm grateful to be here. So let's get into it because I think it's the time of year where people are starting to get very nervous about their plans for the holidays. and They need all the help they can get, I think. So talk to us about how you like to approach um, hosting for Hanukkah, for the holidays. Do you have a a way that you like to plan or how do you like to do it? So less work, the better. So you definitely want to start like with appetizers. Make a couple of your favorite appetizers, but also buy a lot of store-bought ones as well too. And one of my favorite appetizers to make is something with puff pastry, like a pig in the blanket or something. Because if you prepare it the night before, put it on a sheet tray and just pull it out of the fridge in a half an hour before people come, put it in the oven so it smells great in the apartment or the house, wherever you are, but also it makes it super easy to make. And then you have potato chips with store-bought dip. And then a couple other things that you've made. I also like to make a spinach chip in advance and freeze it. I like a week beforehand and just defrost it overnight. So that's there for you. So you can make lots of fun homemade things, but you don't have to make it all that day. Plan in advance and meal prep a lot of your stuff, especially for your appetizers. And then the meal, obviously, you want to make, but the ending, have everyone else bring the wine because it's the most expensive and alcohol and the dessert. So you don't have to bake anything and mix anything and it saves on bowls. I love that. So we're starting off with some amazing time-saving tips. So when you have hosted for Hanukkah, are there specific dishes that you like to eat and like to cook? Yes, absolutely. I am all about potato pancakes. I think potato latkes are one of the best things to make. I actually have a hack for that. I put um, shredded potatoes on a sheet pan and I mix it with eggs and cheese and all that stuff. And then you push it and lay it out all on top of the sheet pan and you put it in the oven and you bake it. So this way you have one big potato locker that you cut instead of frying little ones together. And I love people's eyes when you put the sheet pan on that of a huge potato locker on there with surrounded by the sour cream and the applesauce and then you see who picks what because there's team applesauce and team sour cream with that um so that's definitely a number one but the second thing which also saves on oven space is i love to make my brisket because it's done in the slow cooker so you leave the oven space for appetizers and sides and it cooks all day on its own so there's really nothing to do for it and you pull it out and it looks like you did lots of work and you literally just dump things into a slow cooker you're you've said so many things that are just making my (laughs) mouth water Um, First of all, are you, so for those who don't know, 
that on Hanukkah, we eat potato pancakes or potato latkes. And there is a great debate about <laughs> if which is the better condiment, sour cream versus applesauce. So yeah. are you team applesauce or are you team sour cream? So I literally just did a segment on TV where it was <laughs> leftover apples and I showed how to make applesauce on, in a slow cooker. So I'm team applesauce for sure. But okay. like, it's a very contentious thing because people are definitely sour cream applesauce. If you don't have both on the table, um, you're going to have some issues. Definitely. There's always a big debate in my house whether yeah. like what which is better and you better make sure that you have both. I'm team applesauce yeah. as well. Just full mm-hmm. disclosure there. Um, <laughs> Good, so. <laughs> I love the idea of making the sheet pan potato latke um, rather than individuals because that prep, that shredding potatoes and onions prep can be the absolute worst. And did you say cheese on the potato yeah, latke? Yeah, so, so you can make it um, gluten-free and you can make it thing by using cheese in there and that binds it together better on a sheet pan than like mixing with flour or matzo meal or whatever it is to that. So the cheese kind of like holds it together. Obviously, my family's what you call reformed, so we're not kosher. So if you're kosher, use vegan cheese. It works just as well. But cheese. So it's like shredded potatoes. I even sometimes cheat, not on Hanukkah, but um, on when I want to make this outside of there, I will take shredded potatoes, frozen shredded potatoes, and use that. And I grate the onion just like my grandma and they used to do. And then you mix it with the cheese and all your seasonings and stuff. And you just smush it on there, spray it with olive oil spray in the oven, and it comes out amazing. I mean, there's no better combination than potatoes and cheese. So I mm-hmm. think that sounds yeah. absolutely incredible. <laughs> so another thing that's common, a common Jewish food is brisket, which is basically like a pot roast. And everybody swears that their mother or their grandmother's recipe is the best. So do you have any secrets that you want to share for your brisket that you think really just takes it up a notch? Yes. So the first thing is a hack. And it's really important that when you get the brisket home, the night before you're going to cook it, you want to season it with tons of salt and pepper and leave that brisket on its own in the refrigerator overnight on a plate. And the reason is, is that um, seasoning is so important and a slow cooker helps that baste it. But if you don't give the salt and pepper time to soak into the middle of the, the beef, you only get seasoning on the surface, not on the inside. So that's like my tip number one, no matter how you do it. And I think you're alluding to do you do it with like a tomato-y, ketchup-y sauce? Or do you do it more with like a chicken broth or beef broth? My family is yes. a beef broth person, not a tomato person, but both are great. But before you do either one of those grandma recipes, season it overnight in there. And then the secret, ironically, is onion soup mix. So once you've seasoned it, then you pour tons of onion soup mix on top of it into the vegetables and stuff. And you cook it low and slow because it's a thick cut of beef. It's the part of the cow that doesn't get much exercise. So it's much more tough on the meat. And it you want to break down all that fat and connective tissues and it just melts in your mouth. Oh, it's so good. It's like best friends with the potato pancake. <laughs> yeah, on that sounds, It sounds, yeah. just thinking about it, it sounds absolutely incredible. Yeah. So we've covered latkes and brisket. And I want to make sure that we talk about donuts so a traditional food for Hanukkah is donuts. We eat um, foods that are fried in oil. So in Israel, they're called sufganiyot, which are um, fried jelly donuts. And yeah. in the US, I've seen them made with all kinds of fillings, so custards and chocolate and vanilla, but jelly sufganiyot are the traditional ones. So do you have any favorite recipes or hacks for donuts? Yes. And the reason why we fry it, this is the only thing I know. I, couldn't, I didn't know there were 
traditional name on it. So that was really cool. I'm glad you didn't ask me that question. <laughs> um, but the reason why I fry is the eight days of the candle um, burning of the oil um, that wasn't supposed to last. So it's a great excuse to eat donuts itself. So again, if you're not having your guests bring the donuts, you um, want to make it yourself. And if you're not a big baker, there's two ways you can do it. I have two hacks. Number one is the cake mix hack with applesauce, actually. So you oh. take a thing of cake mix and a cup of applesauce and you mix it together, and then you bake it in one of those molds, the, the baking molds for the donuts, based on the cake mix box, and it comes out like a nice cake mix donut. And then you could do almost like a peanut butter jelly topping to it, so you get the jelly, but the chocolate with the peanut butter. But that's like the easiest. It's literally the cake mix. You don't need any oil, no butter, and a cup of applesauce. Mix it together, and it comes out in the batter. Or... If you want to fry it so you can be traditional and not be superstitious about the oil and the miracle of the oil, you can take puff pastry and you can cut it out with like almost like a biscuit cutter and you can fry puff pastry and it fries it up really nicely and there's no mixing. And then you just take like a squeezy bottle. If you clean out a ketchup bottle and you, you poke it into the puff pastry and squeeze in your jelly, it's cool. And what's fun is you could do strawberry jelly and grape jelly. And then like one can be grape jelly and whoever gets the grape jelly gets a prize or something like that it can make it even more fun. I love that. I love that, especially for kids because Hanukkah is a really fun holiday for everybody, but especially for kids with all yeah. of like the gifts and the songs and playing dreidel. So are you, are, would you normally do that in a deep fryer? Yeah, or, deep fryer okay. would be perfect. Yeah, or okay. you could just take your, your kit. I actually have one literally next to me, one of these things right in there and you could just fill it up with the oil. Just make sure that when you're cooking it, puff pastry, is perfect for this, but you want to make sure you don't put too many of them in there because then they end up, it doesn't, it lowers the heat of the um, oil and then it does not cook. Okay. That's really good to know for home, home chefs like me who are very, very novice, I guess I would say. <laughs> so, very easy. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any family traditions that you remember from, you know, your own family from growing up that you, that are just, really something that make you feel like, okay, it's Hanukkah because we did this or because we, I ate this. Yeah. So basically I just remember I live in New York city, but I grew up in New Jersey. And I just remember in the morning you wake up and the briskets in the oven and the whole place smells like a beef candle and you come down and your mom's shredding the potatoes and like she's in the army and the onions and just the smell of beef and potatoes itself was a tradition. And I just like the idea that for Hanukkah itself, everyone gets together there's eight days to do There's plenty of time to do it. And you just get together and you just enjoy and have fun. And that's what's most of the important tradition about Hanukkah for me. The food is very, in my family, is very classic. But number one is always pigs in the blanket. Pigs in the blanket always show up on a Hanukkah meal. So even when I am making pigs in the blanket for something else, I always think about Hanukkah whenever I eat a pig in the blanket. Yeah. Pigs in a blanket are pretty, pretty pretty standard. Definitely something that you'll see at so many Jewish events. I think every Jewish yes. wedding I've been to pretty much had them. <laughs> For my wedding, we had a table, a huge table of pigs in the blanket because my only thing I wanted was just to make sure everyone got as many as they want and they didn't have to chase the waiter. So they had a huge, huge table filled with pigs in the blanket. And then they even did like Cuban pigs in the blanket, regular ones, pizza ones, traditional ones. But it was so much. And that, that was the only request I had of the caterer is just, just fill it with pigs in the blanket. It was funny because they know that I do food stuff too. So they were just like, they're like, this is your request. Not like flaming. I'm like, I don't care what else you serve. Pigs in the blankets <laughs> needs to be abundant. Yes. <laughs> was, I totally was, understand was really that. 
Yeah, yeah. I totally understand yeah. that. My husband is a big pigs in a blanket person. And yeah. Yeah. so I think that, yeah, it's just one of those things that if you're very attached to them and you love them, then you want to make sure that everybody gets one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I recently went to a party and they had the pigs in a blanket. So the mini hot dogs in the puff pastry, but they had everything bagel seasoning on the puff pastry. So that yeah. was a nice little way to bring in a little bit more, a little bit more flavor. Yeah, that was delicious. Um, I actually have a viral recipe for that where you take it before you roll up the hot dog, you take scallion cream cheese and put it on the actual puff pastry. You roll it up into the hot dog and you put everything bagel seasoning on it. And the cream cheese, for some reason, doesn't melt out of the hot dog. So when you bite into it, you get like a bagel hot dog. It's really delicious. That sounds incredible. I mean, this is why you're the, the king of the cooking hacks, <laughs> because you think of so many imaginative things so, and also so many time-saving things. Yeah, I wanted to also ask, so you talked about saving on dishes by prepping, prepping appetizers and dips and asking, brilliant, asking guests to bring wine and dessert. Do you have any other general tips that you recommend for when you're hosting a large group? Because on Hanukkah, sometimes the crowd can get very big. Yes, yes. I do think that you should always have something that's dairy-free and vegetarian in there as well, too. I think like a, a green bean casserole is a great way to do that because you can use coconut milk instead of dairy in there and you can make it big enough with big chunks of mushrooms. I even leaving the um, mushrooms whole so it feels more hearty for people make sure you have enough vegetables for people so everyone feels comfortable with it and if you know someone to say hey that part of the table has things that you can eat on there as well too and then i also always like to have something like a salmon of some sort so there's someone to eat beef and stuff but all things like a sheet pan salmon so you just like salmon with herbs and throw it into the oven with a little dijon mustard smeared on it something like that but most importantly when you're hosting you want to be part of the party and you don't want to be stressed out from it. So really two things, make things you already know work. Don't try to reinvent the wheel or do something different. I'm making the same exact brisket for a million years. I have a thousand brisket recipes, but the only I only use the same one every Jewish holiday. So you know it works. You're not stressed out on whether it tastes good or it's dry or this. And use things like your slow cooker and prep, whatever you can prep beforehand, it's okay. Especially vegetables, um, even the brisket, it tastes better the next day because it soaks in all those seasonings. So all you have to do is reheat it up. So those are my number one tips. One, again, like I said last time, only make some of the appetizers by some store-bought. Two, use the slow cooker or something that will take away oven space, won't take away oven space. And three, make meal prep as much ahead of time as you possibly can so that you can enjoy the party too. I love that because I think that's like, that's such a challenge anytime you host, right? You want to be a part of the party. You want to spend time with your friends and family, but you also don't want to only be in the kitchen worrying about the food. I know that's something that always ends up happening in my family. So that those and, are such great tips. Yeah. And if you're really not a big cook and you're, it's not your thing at all, just make one thing and make it a potluck and let everyone else bring something. They pick something from their things. Like two people bring sides from when they were growing up and two people bring desserts from when they're growing up and like someone, two different people eat two different kinds of potato pancakes. So everyone feels like they're part of it and stuff and throw something, find a recipe. Like I have a recipe for the brisket, throw it on the brisket in the slow cooker. You feel like you did something, focus on the table and you don't, it can be other people can cook too. And they love sharing their own memories and their own feeling. And it feels like when they're at your home, they're at their home too, if they're cooking something they love. That's true. It's such a nice way to make people really feel comfortable as a guest when they're 
in your home. I think those those flavors of home, those flavors of childhood are what really make the the holiday special no matter where you are. Sure, sure, absolutely. So as we begin to wind down, I just want to make sure that our listeners can find you online. Where's the best place to find you? So at Chop Happy on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, and chophappy.com for recipes. If you Google in the search of chophappy.com, you can find my brisket and my sheet pan recipe that I talked about. All the recipes are on there and stuff. And then buy the book, The Happy Sandwich. And there's another book coming out next fall, which is very exciting. I can't wait for you guys to see that because it will make your life so much easier. It's less recipes and more something else to help with cooking. Yeah. If you're like me, you need all the help that you can get. So I'm (laughs) I'm very excited. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, as we conclude today's podcast, I'd like to thank Familias for their support in bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart. We'd be thrilled if you subscribe to the podcast and left us a review. And when you're ready for the next amazing book adventure, we'd hope you choose a book from Familias. One step at a time, we can make the world a better place. Jason, thank you so much for being here and sharing all of your recipes and your tips. Thank you so much. I'm super grateful. And Familius is great. Thank you so much.